good, all that is sacred, and in the warm and loving energy of this community, Spiritual Life Center. If you're joining us for the first time, we especially want to welcome you because we know that you are not here by accident. You're here by divine appointment. Thank you for joining us on your unique path today, and we hope you enjoy this special message from this past Sunday's service. Thank you, Anne, to be alive in the world. So I've come to the conclusion, this may surprise you, that life was a lot simpler before the internet. In the olden days, you could just pick up an encyclopedia, read a few paragraphs, and get on with your life. But no more. For instance, in preparing for this talk, I thought it might be helpful to get an idea of how different teachings view the idea of enlightenment. I typed in the word enlightenment, and the result was 15 articles on the enlightenment, the intellectual movement from the 18th century that stressed the belief that science and logic give more people knowledge and understanding than traditional religion. That wasn't exactly what I was looking for. Even the dictionary goes for the enlightenment first. And then you can, it will offer spiritual enlightenment, but spiritual is in parentheses. <laughs> and then we wonder why we get confused about these things sometimes. You know, spiritual enlightenment means different things to different people and to different cultures. In Western mysticism, which is basically what we're talking about, we would say that enlightenment is a sudden insight into a transcendental truth or reality. It's knowledge, wisdom, or it's an awakened intellect of the Buddha, keeping in mind that a Buddha is someone who has attained a certain um, state of being, state of mind. The idea of spiritual enlightenment also comes with baggage for many people because they see it as a goal, as something to be attained. And they think that once they attain that special insight, their lives will be pain and challenge-free. And there's the idea that an enlightened person is always at peace, always kind, and always loving. That the human foibles have all dissolved. An enlightened person is special. You can spot an enlightened person at 10 paces. Of course, the truth is very different. You know, there's a saying, before enlightenment, chop wood, carry water. Chop wood, carry water. After enlightenment, chop wood, carry water. Now, what this means is that, hey, you had a deep mystical insight. Congratulations. I hope it helps you in your life. Now, can we please do the dishes? <laughs> in other words, life on planet Earth goes on. 
we're meant to be living our human lives. And it's just that maybe you have a deeper insight into yourself or the cosmos or how life works in general. Now, there are many stories of people who have had a mystical insight and an enlightening experience, and I'm not going to tell you any of those today. Instead, I'm going to tell you the story of a being who ended up being called, where her name was Lizzie, and then she came to be called Lizzie Bright Eyes. Now, Lizzie lives in a community with her providers and some other beings. And life is pretty mundane, with the exception that the provider offers what Lizzie, Lizzie considers manna from heaven. In her language, it's called a treat. <laughs> this ritual, happening, ritual offering happens twice a day, and Lizzie has an internal clock that tells her exactly when the provider will open the holy cupboard and offer the manna. Now, sometimes she becomes fearful that the provider will forget, and so she will sit and stare at her until the proper time. <laughs> now, in Lizzie's house, there is a ledge that runs the length of two rooms, and the providers have given access to that le ledge. Now, one day the provider was performing the treat ritual and decided to throw a treat up onto the ledge to see what would happen to see if anybody would go after it. And Lizzie tried to. She was completely tuned in to the presence of the treat. And she heard the noise when it hit the ledge, and so she raced up this, the tree. And then she stopped. And then she went up on the ledge, and she didn't see anything, and so she came back down. And she came about halfway down, and then I, the provider threw another one up. And so she raced back up and stopped and looked around. She knew something was going on. But from the place where she was, she couldn't see it. And she looked at the provider. And she looked around. And she was clearly confused. But she knew something was going on. And the provider threw another treat. She came back down again. She knew, Lizzie knew. Something very special was happening, and she was very excited. She just didn't know quite what it was. And she watched the provider's hands, saw her throw another treat, and went back and forth one more time. She sat at the top of this tree in confusion, and then there was one more that got thrown up, and suddenly, instantly, Lizzie got it. She made the connection. It was an electric moment, the instant it connected, Lizzie's whole countenance lit up. Her eyes glowed, light shone all around her head. She bounded up onto the ledge and found the treats. This little being was so excited and so proud of herself for making that connection. And the provider was amazed, not so much that Lizzie had figured it out, but how electric and special that moment was and how excited Lizzie was. The light in her eyes, <laughs> her joy are etched in the provider's memory forever, and this is why she will be ever called Lizzie Bright Eyes, and that is not the moment. I mean, her eyes, you just think of them like 100 times brighter. It was amazing. Now, we may ask what happened after Lizzie had this enlightening experience. Well, she began a practice. 
Twice a day at ritual time, she would climb up to the ledge and wait until the manna was sent up to her. <laughs> her excitement never waned. Her joy spilled out into the room. Her pride that she knew how to do this. And over time, she let her practice slip a little bit here and there. And some days she would be down with the rest of the community for the ritual. But she never went more than a few days before going to the ledge. And the provider knows that if Lizzie doesn't come running when the vessel containing the manna is opened, then she is ready up on the ledge waiting to pounce upon flying treats. <laughs> Enlightenment for Lizzie was of making that huge connection. And the difference between Lizzie and us is probably that she didn't intellectualize it. She didn't question it. She didn't analyze it. She just incorporated her new knowledge into her life with joy and excitement. But you might wonder how the, how the rest of the community was affected by Lizzie's insight. Now, one of the beings, Maxwell, seems to know that this happens. He, he's figured it out because he's watched Lizzie, and he's actually gone up there. But to him, it's not a big deal, and he only has tried to play the game a couple times. He's, it's like he's bored with it. But it's also true that he doesn't have as much attachment to the whole ritual, the treat, anyway. Mostly, he seems to want, want, sometimes he'll walk away without even eating them. I think he mostly wants to just come and be in the middle and meddle with everybody. <laughs> and then there's Biscuit. I don't know how Marie got attached to, to that name, it just did. She, like Lizzie, is a dedicated treatitarian. <laughs> and if Lizzie isn't staring at the provider, as a reminder, Biscuit will take on the test to ensure, test to ensure that the ritual begins on time. <laughs> but when the action moves to the ledge, Biscuit always looks at the floor. She knows that something's going on. She knows that this thing is going on up there, but she never looks up. She knows the provider has the holy treats in her hand, but she doesn't look at the hand. She doesn't look up at the ledge. She only looks at the floor. For Lizzie, biscuit uh, treats are only, I mean, sorry, for biscuit, treats are only accessible on the floor. Java, the queen of the community, usually sits aside while the offering is brought to her. She is also a dedicated treatitarian. And it takes a lot, but it takes a lot to get her to go out of her way for it. Now, occasionally she'll come and join in the community ritual, but mostly she just sits off by herself. And she has never shown one bit of interest in the ritual of the ledge at all. Even when everyone is in there and there's all this excitement, there's no, there's no interest. And the other provider, the finance manager, is, <laughs> is just an observer because he didn't witness Lizzie's experience. He's been told about it. He's been told about the Enlightenment, and he sees the daily ritual. But to him, it's just a story. You know, and it's just part of life in that community now. As to the provider, 
the, the joy and the excitement of supporting this is there as well. Now, I would suppose that some people would argue that what Lizzie did or what happened with Lizzie is not true enlightenment. But I can assure you that if you had been there in person and see the light in her eyes, that electric energy that blasted from her, you would agree that it was a form of a deep, deep awareness. And the difference between the beings in this story and humans and as far as I can tell, we are the only ones who consciously go in search of enlightenment. For other beings, not just these I've talked about today, insights and understanding seem to come as a natural part of their lives, of being alive in the world. And they experience joy when it happens. But most of us have, and most of us have had some of this experience in our lives when we were pondering something, perhaps for a long time, and then suddenly the answer comes out of nowhere. And of course it doesn't come out of nowhere because you're, we're thinking about it. You open the door to that answer. But that answer is often bigger, more inclusive than anything you could possibly have imagined and you call it insight, a download, and you light up in a very real way, the light bulb. Other people can feel it, feel it. You feel joy. It's impossible to have this experience and not be filled with an indescribable joy. Oh, you say, but that is not true enlightenment. True enlightenment will set me completely free and I will have clarity, and I will know everything I need to know, and all my negative circumstances will dissolve. I'm so sorry, that is not the way it works. We're here on Earth to live an earthly life. Our real job <laughs> is to become fully human, fully aware that we are more than these bodies while honoring our bodies, fully aware that we are more than our circumstances while honoring and managing our circumstances, fully aware that we create our own reality each and every moment of the day. When we look for enlightenment outside ourselves, when we look for a way out of being human, when we, dis when we, we, <clears throat> when we dishonor ourselves, we are actually rejecting our humanness, which means we are rejecting ourselves. One of the most enlightened things we can do is to accept ourselves fully and completely as we are in this moment. You know, Reverend, Reverend Angelica Schaefer was here a few couple months ago. She helped us restart WOW, and, well, Wednesday. <clears throat> and she said that she spent a lot of time chasing enlightenment. In fact, she went to India something like seven times. Because apparently that's, I don't know if you, I don't know how you go, but anyway, people think they can go to India and get enlightenment. And every time she came back, life was still here to greet her. So she said she surrendered and she stopped chasing enlightenment. And I made the observation that the decision to stop chasing enlightenment was probably an enlightened decision. <laughs> You know, if you've ever had a mystical experience, you will understand when I say that while life normalizes after a while, you will always carry that experience in your heart and your mind. 
and you know or feel more than you did before. You have a new understanding that might give you more compassion or patience or insight into your life. A big insight might spur you on to a new practice as it did with Lizzie. And you might also let the practice drop off a bit on occasion. But that practice ensures that the insight becomes a part of you, not just a magical something that happened. And the other reason to stop chasing the big insight is you can't make them happen anyway. Some of the most startling insights I have ever experienced have come when I was just minding my own business. And yes, I can do that sometimes. <laughs> Many people who have had a mystical experience will say the same thing. But should we still stay open? Yes. Should we expand our awareness through study and meditation and spiritual insights? Yes. Should we seek to be the best person we can be in any one moment? Of course. Should we seek higher consciousness? Of course, again. Seeking to be the best human you can be is one thing. Striving to overcome the world and not be a part of it is another. Let go of striving. Allow your divine self to emerge. We are expressions of the one source, God, in this world. We aren't the only ones, but we have the most free will and the highest ability to expand our consciousness, to remember who we are and where we come from. So pray, meditate, study, be open, be ready. And when you have a great insight, be prepared for those around you to be like those in Lizzie's community. They may show lack of interest or lack of understanding or say, gee, that's nice. But that is perfectly okay because that electric moment is your own. That divine, empowering, joyful moment is between you and God. It is all yours. Revel in it. Love it. Live the joy. Feel divinity running through you. And then straighten your tie and continue to chop wood, carry water. And so it is. We are grateful for the opportunity to share with you today and hope you've taken something from this Sunday's message. If you'd like to hear more from Spiritual Life Center, be sure to click subscribe on the podcast platform you're listening from. You can find out more about our community on our website at www.slcworld.org. We look forward to being a part of your continued spiritual journey. Wherever you are, God is, and all is well. Spiritual Life Center